G'day and welcome to the final Green and Gold Rugby podcast for 2013. It's Matt Rowley here. We're sponsored by strike.com.au. Get yourself a cradle to put your phone in, put it in your your car, use the Green and Gold Rugby safe word, get yourself a discount, but hurry before the uh, year ends. They've been a great sponsor this year, thanks to the guys from Strike. Joining me, I've got Mr. Tims. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm great. Yeah? Um, Yeah. there's, I mean, you're sounding quite majestic there in your new vestibule of your new house. I, I, I am in a vestibule. Yeah. I am. But, uh, it's a fancy word because I'm a fancy sort of fellow. I'm drinking a single malt, a quarter <laughs> cask, and uh, yes, nothing but the best. Well, you're in a multi-leveled house now, mate. You're... I am, yes. I'm on the bottom floor now because yeah. you know I want to stay close you know, down to earth. And I've got oh. a desk at the moment that, I don't know if you can hear that, but it's got like that thing, like a bread, bo- bread bin. Like a shutter, like a roller. Yeah, oh my a roller God. shutter. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, wow. a, it's a beautiful thing. So you can you can you can lock away your memoirs. And, yes. Uh, that, well, there's there's no key lock on there, but maybe I'm maybe I'm up for a bit of DIY. <laughs> Drill a hole in. Yes. Um, and then also as another stalwart of the podcast this year, uh, Gre- uh, Hugh Hugh Cavill, mate, how are you? Oh look, I'm I'm spewing, mate. I'm just listening to this. I mean, I've been writing. I've been on this site, what, for five years now, and I haven't got anything. And Timsey's moved into a new house. It's got four floor, four stories with a vestibule. Yeah, and, it's the, you know, it's the, it's Rolly the Queen's Rolly the Queensland Rolly weekly, weekly kegs of McLaren Vale beer and you know, various other perks. And, you know, and yet I sit here, you know, in a, in a dingy little hellhole in Surrey Hills. You know, it's... it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you'd be, you're lucky to have for the next half an hour because I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. You're ropeable, are you? Yeah, well, it's lucky exactly. Internet, mate. Yeah, well, I, all I gave Timsy was ten Mossman dollars, and look what he's bought. <laughs> <laughs> they go, they go a long way in Queensland. Um, right. So this, let's, uh, you know, we've got a, a whole year to recap, and what a year it has been. Uh, Huge. The bitter and the sweet. Year, I'm calling it. Watershed. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I, there's one thing, and I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself mm. here, but um, I remember when we spoke to Link, freshly freshly coached up, mm. ready to go, and I put to him, and this is my you know this is my annual claim to uh, you know journalism, but uh, I put to him that uh, is it fair to say that you know, there's going to be a rebuilding period, mm. and he denied he didn't like the term rebuilding, but he came out in a later interview and said that the rebuilding's underway. <laughs> so I'm going to take that. Well, if it wasn't rebuilding, it was just flat out failure for a while. <laughs> yes. So yeah, let, let's go with rebuilding. Um, he also he also spent a lot of time talking about his vestibule. So I yes. presume you were responsible for that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, vestibular. Um, all right. So look, where should we start? I think the first thing is that we, I had some complaints from people on Twitter saying, "What the hell." We've, we have a game like that against Wales, Wales to finish off the year, and you guys can't even put out a podcast. What is going on? Um, so, yeah, fair cop, really. So, no, 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 it's not fair cop. Yeah. I'm not going to cop that. No, right. no, it's taken time time to digest the year, and we've put a lot of thought and time and effort, and I think that there are, the listeners are about to reap the benefits of that. <laughs> They've got the, you know, it's taken a while for us to ruminate. Um, yes. 
so, but look, let's 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 mull over if we can remember it. Uh, the Welsh game. Um, uh, you know, it was a great way to finish off the year. We scored three tries to two. At one stage, it looked like we were going to absolutely pants them, but you know, hats off to the Welsh. Um, they came back. Although, here's my thing on that on the Welsh and, and the game they played. I mean, I thought we played all the rugby in that game, right? Um, I yes. felt that they caught us on the bounce. Uh, that first try was from nowhere when Izzy actually, and we we done it was a, that was a fantastic passage of play we'd done um, just off you know just off the kickoff basically, and you know ball went to ground, hack through, da da da, and they score a try. Um, you know, I felt actually we pretty much uh, dominated that game. How did you see it, Timsey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- th- those things are going to happen. You chance your arm, you play with a bit of, you know, uh, enterprise and, you know, mistakes happen. The, w- the important part was that, you know, it didn't go into our shell. We, you know, went on from it and saw that it was working and kept on going. So mm. uh, there was, I think there was a small period where, you know, we were a bit guilty of going into our shell. But for the most part, we, we played that well. It did go a bit squeaky bum there. Um, Hugh, yeah. what can you remember of it? Oh, look, I can remember a lot. I think it was a fantastic game. And I think um, the fact that, I mean, the most impressive thing for me was the fact that we managed to hold out those last 10 minutes when you knew we were tired. It's been a long year. It's been a long tour. And the blokes that were on the field with those 10 minutes were pretty much the ones that had been there all year. Mm. So, you know, they had had probably a few excuses to switch off if they wanted to. But uh, I actually distinctly remember the last sort of three minutes of play where we, you know, I think a previous Wallaby team would have probably booted back down the other end and, and sort of uh, uh, given it to our team or, or held in our own half and, and conceded a penalty at some point. But we had the confidence, we chanced our arm a bit and we actually ran it sort of 40 metres down. And, yeah, we gave away a penalty in the end. By the end, the game was done. And we were in the Welsh 22 and we'd sort of shut the gate on them. So that was particularly impressive. Yeah. I guess the other thing, and it was... We, uh, you know, it was it was another sort of sign of how that whole tour progressed, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Was also, you know, we were by the end of that game, we were dominating scrums all over the place. Um, you know, I think wasn't it the Welsh had a scrum down on our five ten meter line, and we absolutely by that stage we were absolutely just blowing off the park in the scrum. Um, so you know that that was quite a turnaround, especially especially I think when everyone thought that was going to be one of our weak points. Uh, was that pleasing, Timsey? Do you? Yeah, I love a good scrum. Mm. It's always good. Mm. Um, I, th- I think that yeah, there's a lot of talk about it, but we are we are hampered by our perception mm. or the perception of us. And uh, you know, when the when the guys are properly motivated, they they can hold their own. Yeah. I think we saw that. We were down a man. We still did okay. Yeah, uh, that that was good to see the comeback there. Um, and I, there's there's a bit of niggle now with the Welsh, isn't there? I think, you know, do you think they're just pissed off with us because we keep winning? Are they turning into the next Irish, Hugh? Oh, uh, what? No, they win too many games to be the Irish. Um, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> look, I, I, I think we've got the, certainly got a mental edge over that over them. That's undeniable. I, I still... Um, that's a, they're still a very classy side, and I, and I don't think that really counts for much at the end. And I'm still very worried about playing them in the World Cup in that pool stage because, I mean, we we don't have too much of a knowledge because most of the Welsh guys are in that Lions team that that, that uh, rolled over us. So I don't think the mental aspect is, is too too large. I think, um, uh, you know, I think that. After the spring tour, we can safely say that it was the Poms in that team that rolled over us, not the Welsh. (laughs) (laughs) We've got proof of that now. The two old Poms or whoever it was. Um, Yes. You know, the the thing that I 
thought out of that game, I, I guess I started this off with the thing, though, it was, you know, us scoring those three tries, and actually there was another two that went, at least another two that, you know, we just couldn't hold on to, um, was, you know, a year ago, we would have lost that match, I reckon. Um, you know, those two tries on the bounce, we would have only scored one. That was our average. Um, whereas in this this game, we scored three and probably could have, probably should have at least put another one away. Um, and that's what got us through, I thought. Uh, so I, I thought it showed a lot of that positive intent paying off. Um, you know, for whatever reason, we'd got ourselves into this mindset that somehow we could grind out wins against everyone. And yes, we did against the Welsh for a while there. But I mean, I think the Welsh would have been good enough to do us, um, except that we managed to stick on a couple of, you know, stick on those tries. So that's what I really liked about it, actually. Um, and, uh, you know, about the rest of that spring tour, which we'll come on to. So that's enough of the, the, the Welsh game, I think. Any, anyone else for anything on that game? Um, so if not, why don't we, how about this? How about we do a bit one, of a, re- yeah, oh, sorry, on. I've got one thing I was wondering. Yeah, yeah. Um, did, did Izzy break the record or equal it? Equaled it. Yeah. So he, he equaled it. Equaled right. it at 10, wasn't it? Yeah, 10 tries. Yeah. I guess the difference being it was the Lions year and a few other things rather than a World Cup year against Romania and yeah. Georgia and whatever. Does that, yeah. does that count? Is it, is it a better year than Lottie's that year? Oh, look, I, I can't particularly remember that year of Takiri's. Um, it certainly surprised me when I heard that he had that record because I, was, I never thought of him as a prolific try scorer. But um, that's, it's, look, it, either regardless, it was a remarkable year, and I think it, it's something we might get to a bit later. But Yeah, it was, it was 2003 the year that Lottie debuted, or did he make 2002's season as well? I'm just trying to remember whether there's some you know, scary similarities there. Yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask Lottie. Yeah, I, I yeah can't I'll, I'll give I him a ring. I'll send him a text. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember last week, mate. So yeah, I remember <laughs> 2002, three is no good for me. But look, how about this? How about we just do a bit of a, a quick recap? I've got it in front of me here. Just, you know, what happened this year, right? So I've got all the results um, for those who, who might have forgotten. So um, round, one, round one, Super 14, uh, kids yeah. versus cheaters. How, what was that damage? <laughs> well, it's funny you ask, Hugh. Uh, I've got it here. No, look, I just thought, yeah, just keeping it at an international level here. Um, oh, wow. But hey, but that's a good... That's oh, a, I just got a reply from Lottie. He debuted in 2003. Well, there you oh, go. Yeah. Right. Straight out of league, 2003, scored the... Uh, Try scoring record, Izzy's done the same. It's incredible. But that's like, as you're saying, it's a World Cup year, though, right? Yeah, it is a World Cup year, but yeah. Did he stick six on against Namibia or someone? Uh, from memory, Latham scored four against Namibia, but mm. I don't know about. Yeah, mm. that's a remarkable speed from Lottie. That's almost yeah. search engine speed. What I mean, ask him <laughs> what the, what's the capital of Romania? See if see if he gets that one. Okay, I'll just send that off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Um, well, look, actually, you're right. You're right, Hugh. I was, I was wrong to, to jump to international. We should probably go back to Super Rugby. Um, and, you, well, I think... Arrest, apparently. Bucharest, there you go. Jeez, he's got a whole lot, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's back in Australia at the moment, so it's probably why it's so quick. Uh, yeah. Don't have the time difference. Um, so, yeah, back to Super Rugby for a bit. Uh, you know, Brumbies went damn close and I think a lot of us didn't think that they could with this you know with that kind of schedule they had at the end but uh they almost you know proved us wrong and they gave the Chiefs a pretty good run for that money didn't they 
didn't they just? Wasn't that? I mean, one of the real highlights of the season was how the, that the Brumbies. I mean, at the start of the year, obviously after they they had a really good season in twenty thirteen, twenty twelve, everyone expected them to do well this season. But I'm not. I, again, I think they exceeded the expectations by getting to the grand final and then pushing a, you know, a really good Chiefs side, pushing them right to the end. Um, certainly was a, yeah one of one of the top three moments of the year for mine. Yeah, yeah it's pretty big. I also think it was the manner in which they did it. I mean, the the discipline with which they played the game. To be, you know, they weren't exactly trying to do anything too expansive, at least to start with. I mean, they just went out there to try and defend, but they actually kind of managed to do it. They, you know, they really managed to to to, to grind the Chiefs for for a lot of that match by memory. Um, so you know, it was hats off, and it's, and it's good to see a team putting a bit of that into Australian rugby. You know, it can't all be barbecue footy. Um, it's you know, and I think that's why you know, the likes of you know, Fardy and Moen in the back row uh, have made a big difference to the Wallabies as well. Um, so, I mean, that that was really good to see. So we didn't quite make it. Um, I'm trying to remember, what happened with the Reds, Timsey? Did they... Did, they they got through to the semis, didn't they? Yeah, they, they, made, the, uh, they made the semis. Um, or not the semis, I think it was the qualifying finals. They got knocked out. That's right. Fuck me, that was an age ago. Yeah, here, I've got it here. Here we go. The Eliminator, yeah, it was the, uh, oh, yeah, so the Crusaders. Uh, yes, port, that's right. Port, port oh, yeah, yeah I, I, I distinctly remember now having a conversation with uh, one of the players after that. Mm. Um, and, you know, they were so dis- disappointed at the same thing that happened against the Sharks the year before happened against the Crusaders, and, you know, they thought they were better than that. Yeah. Very disappointed, still plenty to prove. And the thing I didn't even mention, though, I talked about the final with the Brumbies, you know, going down two tries to one, 27-22 against the Chiefs, you know, in Hamilton. But, you know, you forget that, that they, you know, beat the Bulls to get there, 26-23. Yeah, that was um, a big game. Yeah, with that it last, last minute, wasn't it, if I'm trying to remember now? Yeah. Um, was it Matt Tamua scoring a try in the last minute, something like that? Mate, it, it rings bells. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a last minute try to Kurundrani, I, I believe. Tumu made made the break and offloaded to Kurundrani. There you go. I think so. Yeah, yeah that was again, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, that was good to see. Anyway, so that was the Super Rugby. Um, just keeping on track with. Uh, well, actually, I tell you what. Why don't we stay with that? I guess the other big news that we had, you know, this year, which is based around the uh, Super Rugby, is uh, Jake White going. Uh, that was a bit of a shock, uh, you know, caused a bit of a stir, didn't it? I know, I know, Hugh, you were fairly outraged at, at the way at which that happens. Uh, you remember that now? I uh, do. So, yeah, it was. Um, it was certainly um, a, a very uncharacteristic move from Jay White, considering that you know, through his whole career at the Brumbies, he's been very open, very willing to talk to the media, and um, quite brutal in some of his assessments of how things were going. Mm. And yet, when he left the Brumbies, he didn't front the media, didn't make comment to the media for, I think, it was a period of almost three or four weeks. And in the world of modern sport, where coaches are very much expected to front up at these moments, um, Jake White going completely AWOL was, um, was something quite bizarre in the end. Um, especially after the success he'd achieved with the Brumbies, and then then it sort of slowly seeped out about you know his dissatisfaction about the Wallabies gig and and this and that, and it sort of um, it sort of was a little bit um, yeah, it was very strange, very strange after all the success that he'd built with the Brumbies. So yeah, I mean, just one thing to fill in on that, I was actually talking to somebody in the know the other day, um, a bit of a conversation about that, and the story, the word on the street is that actually. Uh, the you know the the 
ARU board had pretty much said he had it, so that Jake White had it, um, and he and to the point where White had even formulated his team, so he knew who, who he was going to have in there as his assistant coaches and everything. It was all lined up. Um, the whole board was going for it, and then my understanding is that um, uh, John Eels then actually had a think about it and thought that actually uh, Mackenzie could have a go at it. Um, and that actually from then on, he started working from the inside out and managed to overturn the whole thing. So, you know, it's a, it, you know, and that's hearsay, um, allegedly. Um, but, uh, you know, so I think, anyway, just to add a bit of colour to the Jake White thing, I guess it was, you know, it really was, he was, it wasn't just, oh, yeah, you're in the mix, mate. It was, no, no, you've got it. So I think while a lot of us were going along assuming it was going to be Link who was going to be getting that job, actually Link was the outsider. Um, it was it was on a promise to Jake. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? It's very interesting. I'm not I'm not un, I'm not upset with how it all turned out, but um, hmm. I think that I've. No, that's no surprise. So then we ran into uh, I mean what everyone had been hyped up about for what twelve years. Um, with the, Two or 12 years in the making. Exactly. Uh, when the Lions came over, I know we all went to a frenzy here on the site. Um, the amount of content we were pumping out was, uh, I think it left, left us all feeling pretty sad. Unprecedented. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so then we had uh, the, the us versus the Lions. We had two, ta- two test matches incredibly close. Um, Kirtley's studs robbed us of the first match. Um, and then we managed to sneak away with the second match. So the first one was 21-23 went down, and we won the second 16-15. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember the finish to the, to the second one. Half penny missed one from halfway. That's yeah, what it half was. Penny yeah. Missed it, yeah. So yeah, two, two missed kicks um, decided both of those. But then it all kind of blew out. It all ran away from us, didn't it? In that third test, uh, and we talked to Tony McGann just a few podcasts ago about that, and. Uh, you know, his viewpoint was that with the amount of work that the Lions put into us, we were just holding on by our fingertips. It was another one of those tests where we got off to a really crappy start, didn't we, if I remember rightly? Um, and we were chasing the game. Um, and uh, and so we, we kind of managed to claw our way back into it. And then the Lions, kind of the last 30 minutes, just completely blew it out. And uh, we ended up losing 41-16 in the end, four tries to one. Um, and that was pretty crushing, wasn't it? Uh can you remember remember that, Timsy? How did you how did you feel? I cried. Did you? Yep. Wet, open. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, huh. I, I, I'm not one to take losses to any team involving the Poms very lightly, so mm-hmm. it was crushing. It was crushing. I reevaluate a lot of my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did you bear up after that, Hugh? Yeah, look, it, it was a bit, it was a bit sore, wasn't it? Um, especially after the build-up, that week-long build-up, and being in Sydney, you really felt like you were sort of part of the cauldron, and you saw the streets were filled with red, and and uh, being at the ground, as I know you were as well, mate. It was, it was uh, absolutely electric, the atmosphere, and, and so to have that sort of uh, that 20-minute period there in the second half where they ran in three tries was, uh, yeah, a bit sore. But on the other hand, I mean, at least it was. Uh, it sort of really reinvigorated the game in the country, and I thought that was great. And also, I think it probably reinvigorated the Lions as a concept too. You, you would get the feeling that if, if we rolled over them in that third game and they lost another series, it might sort of have people asking questions. But in the end, they they got to got the job done. So 
obviously well done to him, but uh, I think it had also inspired some change in Australian rugby, which probably helped for the better in the later months. So that was another positive. Well, mate, it's actually bringing me back. I'm bringing back memories now because I remember meeting you after the match. You were still in a cast, weren't you? Yes, uh, that's right. And uh, yeah, and you, you were talking uh, quite a bit of gibberish. Actually, I remember almost having to, you know, kind of slap you out of it. That's right. We, we, had, a, we had an argument about Kurtley Beal. I can still, yeah, still. Uh, well, yeah, and, and haven't I haven't I been proven right? To geez, we struggled without him. <laughs> um, look, okay. So, look, moving on from there. So then it was all over Red Rover. So that was the end of. Of Robbie Deans, um, the writing was on the wall, and we had Link come in, and I think everyone was like, "Oh, you know, fantastic, great change," but you know, it, it didn't go to plan, did it? So I'm just looking here, and having lost those two out of those three British um, Lions matches, it then kind of flowed on, and you know, we lost those first three matches under Link: um, two against New Zealand, once against South Africa. You know, reminding ourselves that they are number one and two in the world. Um, absolutely pantsed by uh, New Zealand um, in Sydney, uh, and I, got, I was at that match. I'm, I'm remembering now. Uh, Timsy, you were down for. Were you there for that, for that one? Yeah, I don't. I, I remember going there. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, okay, it's all coming back to There's me. There's some now. cheeseburgers later on in the night. Yeah. That was the highlight. <laughs> when you put in an order for 26 cheeseburgers, uh, like that, yes. that, that, weren't they great? That did brighten up the night. But um, yeah, so 29-47, six tries to two. It wasn't pretty. Um, it, that 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 was a bit of a rude shock. But then it kind of rolled on from there. We uh, then lost against them in Wellington, 16-27. And then against uh, South Africa at Suncorp, which I think a lot of us thought, look, this was our good chance to turn it around. Well and truly spanked uh, 38-12. And it was all looking pretty pretty nasty, wasn't it? Um, I'm trying to cast my mind back, Hugh. I mean, what... What was go- what was going wrong? It just, oh, we just that was the real that was the lowest point of the season for mine. Forget the yeah. lines, mm. uh, you know, and the All, all Blacks games. Well, look, uh, we we weren't disgraced in those games. I don't think we we certainly were below our best. But in the, in the Springboks game, that was embarrassing. They just ran in tries with ease, and we tried to play an expansive game, and it just wasn't working for us. Um, yeah, so uh, look, as I, I can't, I couldn't remember. Much. I don't think we scored any tries. Or no, you're right. Four tries to nil. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and the, and the box were. I mean, look. In hindsight, I think it was a very very good Springbok side that played very well this year, and the best Springbok side that's been on the field for probably five or six years. But um, at the time, we didn't know that, and um, yeah, that was that was a real kick in the pants. Mm. But then came uh, the turnaround, probably. Or started to happen there, Timsey. Um, we managed to sneak one in against Argentina, fourteen thirteen, um, one try all. I'd actually, I think I'd forgotten about this game. I, 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 I remember, How could you forget about this game? I, oh. I, I just remember us pantsing them uh, in Rosario. I, I think I'd scrubbed this one. Um, it was a, it was a pretty ordinary match. This one wasn't it? again one try all. Yeah, a bad weather. It, yeah, the weather was atrocious, so uh, I think yeah. we'll put that down to that and move on. Okay, well, moving on, uh, we then got done again by South Africa in Newlands, 28-8, uh, three tries to one. It wasn't getting any better, was it? I think no, we... not. I work with the South African too, it's never any better. No. And I think about that stage, we're all ready to, to give up. And then, then, you know, we started to see some green shoots uh, beating Argentina, seven tries to two in Rosario. Because I think we all saw potential wooden spoon there, didn't we? 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's no reason to think, you know, no reason why to think it wouldn't be. Having just won by one point in Perth, why should we do any better um, in Rosario? Uh, we were all predicting a scrum explosion and all the rest of it, uh, but it didn't happen. And in fact, uh, it all just, you know, started to click a bit for the boys. So 54-17. Next game after that was New Zealand. Now, we lost again there uh, in Otago, in Dunny Din. Um 41-33, but it was four tries to three. So putting three tries on the All Blacks wasn't wasn't a bad wasn't a bad effort, I guess. Still a loss, um, and that was the end of that. You know, the, the, the domestic season. Um, I think it was fair to say we were in tatters. Yep, I, I agree. I think it, it just reinforced a stereotype that's now inbred in, in in the rugby public and, and the non-rugby public in Australia that the Wallabies are underperforming and uh, they're they're a bit of a dud. Mm. No, indeed, and 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 just and I'm just trying to remember, you know, the other things that happened along there was um, which match was it that we, after which it was the, the James O'Connor was it the Argentinian game? Um, yeah, that the the James O'Connor scandal kind of emerged, you know. When yeah, it he, was after yeah the the game in Perth, the thirteen fourteen game that you forgot yeah. about. You know, he <laughs> had a week off and he went to Bali. That's right. He, well, he was trying to such. get to Bali. He was trying to yes. get to Bali. Yeah, and um, so that was a bit of a defining moment in in, in links. Rain wasn't it? Um, I think that kind of probably sh- shocked everyone, including James O'Connor. Would that be fair to say, Timsey? Yeah, it was pretty shocking. Hmm. Um, and since the, I mean, it, 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 and, you know, we've I, we talked about it, I think, a lot on the podcast. But a bit of a bit of a sad story that one. But um, I don't know. You never know. It might have a good ending. The guy is a, an immense talent. Let's just hope he can get his head right. Um, so anyway, then we head off. We headed off overseas for this tour, potential Grand Slam, and it couldn't have really started worse, could it? Um, we got out to a lead against the Poms. Uh, I think you know what we were thirteen nine or thirteen ten up, something like that, at half time, um, and then I, it went wrong. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out on a limb here, and mm. you know, I, I'm, my my glass is half filling again. It was very half full before, but now it's half filling. Mm. But I'm gonna say that that loss. Was um, I think that you know it removed a lot of the pressure. Yeah, the slam was gone. Mm. Everyone was disappointed about it. I'm disappointed about it, and I'm not you know not happy about the result. But it, it would have you know been a, it would have been a shackle. They would have had to work under the weight of this grand slam. Mm. If they lose that game, no one likes losing to the English. We we've got that, but. You know, it, it then freed them up, and that pressure's not there anymore. They're, they're not they're no longer playing for a slam. They're no longer playing. They can just start to look within and, you know, work on the development, do what they need to do and have a little bit of faith that, uh, you know, that the, that pressure's not there anymore. I think mm. it would have released a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Hugh, are you falling for that? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I, mean, I don't think too much of that pressure was going through their head in the second half when they capitulated. Um, <laughs> so, you know, as a result, that performance is still very disappointing uh, as opposed I suppose, yeah, looking back on it in the grand scheme of things, it might have given them a bit of a boot up the ass to do better. So that's good. But, geez, I would have liked to have beaten the Poms. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, no. It, you it, can drop any other game on that freaking tour, but not the fucking Poms. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that would have been... I mean, I'd even, uh, I haven't heard at least Italy. I, I wouldn't have minded if the AU had scheduled that one towards the end of the tour as opposed to straight up. I think that probably didn't help us. Mm. would have been nice to start with the Italians and... and or the Scots and built to the to the English, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, the, the other bit there is um, 
Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think with the Poms, the bit that was most bitterly disappointing for me was that we just didn't try to play. Um, you know, I thought we played, you know, we played a very defensive game in the first half. Uh, we noticed that, you know, they didn't seem to have a lot of attack in them uh, going into the second half. And then we just seemed to want to play aerial bombardment. And, you know, it just went, you know, it went wrong, basically. Um, I remember that Mike Brown having a great game, didn't he? The, the, oh, the, the, the old bald prickett fullback. Exactly. Yeah, he had a, he had a, he had a, he had a great game, um, unfortunately. So, I mean, you know, and, and managed to turn that around. But yeah, that was what was most disappointing. You know, we'd, we'd seen some great stuff start to happen um, against Argentina and maybe even against New Zealand. And, and, and then we saw that. But anyway, we continued on. And I think we, a lot of us started to get worried, you know, geez, what was going to happen with Italy? You know, uh, we were getting penalised in the scrum against England. Some of us thought incorrectly, other of us thought rightly so. Um, and so we went to Italy and absolutely dominated them. Seven tries to three, 50 points to 20. Um, it wasn't a bad, but wasn't a bad win, that one, was it? No, it was a belter. And again, putting to bed the idea that we don't score tries, uh, which yeah. was probably a bit of a hangover from 2012. But um, to do it against Italy as well, who we traditionally struggle with, we, we don't lose to them, but we, we certainly... We have rarely, in my mind, put them away in such stunning fashion. So mm. it was, and, and it was one of those games where things were starting to come off for us. The passes were starting to stick, the offloads, you know, the, the little, the tide had turned a bit and things were starting to go our way. So, yep. Yep. And, so, and that continued into Ireland where, uh, I know, pleasing, pleasing for you, Hugh, was uh, a fairly convincing win there, 32-15, four tries to nil. Um, you know, another another good win. Um, then we went to our we went then we went to our uh, traditional banana skin Scotland, um, and again that was a pretty pretty convincing win. Twenty one fifteen, two tries to nil um, up at Murrayfield. So you know, usually we were losing by a couple of points in that one, and then that brings us through to Wales, which we've talked about thirty to twenty six, uh, three tries uh, to two, and uh, that's the that's the end of the season. So. What I'm going to say there is, so, you know, just to kind of look back on it, um, you know, put it across to uh, each of you guys. Let's start with you, Timsey. Mate, what, 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 what for you, you know, what, what sticks out for you in this season? So what's your major, I don't know, I, I don't want to say turning point, but, you know, what's, what was the, the event or the memory for you for, from this, for this season? What's the, what was the defining moment? Let's put it that way. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick an off-field moment. I'm going to pick the 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 changing of the guard, the the you know the changing from Dingo to Link, uh, and and what what's happened there. I know that uh, that there was there's quite a few issues in my mind with with Dingo, and uh, you know we we've moved on, and it's it's pleasing to see some results coming out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you? There, Hugh. Are we coming through in Surrey Hills? Have you paid your internet bill recently? Can you hear me now? <laughs> it's a little bit sketchy. I'm not sure how my quality is, but we'll, we'll push on. Uh, um, if, if I was to say one moment, I think it, it sort of stretches the whole season and, and it's my takeaway message for the year. It would be uh, Israel Folau's try, his second try against the Lions in Brisbane. I think a signal that really he was... It was a real class, world-class player, and he just kept proving it and proving it as the season went on. Mm. And to the point against Wales in in that last game, where he really, you know, he was playing tight. He scored a try on the tight, 
and he made plenty of breaks in the loose. And I mean, what a, I mean, what a sensational season. I mean, yeah. fantastic stuff. Mm. Well, yeah, just what, just what, I just got a text through from one of my Irish friends, Hugh, and they've just said your que- your quality is always questionable, so there's no problem. <laughs> no problem at all. Um, oh, I thought Lottie, Lottie says that as well, so I was thought of yes. Lottie again. No, 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 Irish friend this time. Brian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I guess the, the, defi- well, the, the defining moment for me in the season, it was probably that first win against Argentina, and then what followed on from that in the type of rugby that we started to play, you know, the seven tries that you saw there. Um, then, you know, we, that and then the next game against New Zealand, you, you put those two games together and you've got 10 tries, which is more than we'd scored, I think, in the, in the previous 10 tests under Robbie Dean. So um, for me, it was the signal of that, you know, and I think it's a really important signal because it was a signal to people that, in my mind, Aussie rugby is back. Um, you know, and you've got to remember that in Dean's era, it wasn't always like that. Um, no, no. You know, it it, you know, remember those games in the High Veld and, and in Hong Kong and stuff I, like that. I, I specifically remember the, the the last test before the World Cup in 2011, thinking, "Yes, we we're on." Yeah. Yeah, the Bledisloe in Brisbane. It was the it was all on. Yeah. Everything, yeah, all that things, all, everything was coming together. I'm not really sure where it fucked up. Yeah, and and that's going to be somewhere in someone's memoirs. That's going to be fascinating to read about the meeting that yeah. someone had where they sat down and said, "Stuff it, um, stick it up your jumper, and we'll just try and." win through penalties but so for me that that and and that was such a squeaky bum time in Rosario um you know we're really going into a tough match you know away in Argentina I think a lot of people just would have knuckled down and tried to grind it out and and probably lost you know through scrum penalties but you know seven tries to two and then there was a couple of other games like that you know again against Italy and then that final game like I said against Wales so I don't know that that define that was a pretty defining moment for me was when we did that and I think that you know, that surprised quite a few of us. And then by the end of the season, we weren't so surprised when those things were happening. Um, so I thought that was uh, really, really important, both for, I don't know, everyone's psyche and also the chance of us winning. So look, um, with that said, I know it's a tough one, but let's try and give... So what do we give this season out of 100? Um, or if you prefer percentages, uh, Timsey. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I have to make you give this season a number... Uh, I'm going to start with you, Hugh. Go on, give me a number. Uh, it's it's a tough one because there's obviously a lot of factors to take into account. Mm. I would probably say uh, 72, 72 out of 100. That's, that's you almost fun. you almost saw my. Uh, I was going very similar to that. Your percentage, because uh, I'll give you my reasons. I'll mm. give you my reasons because mm. uh, I think your positives are the performance of the the three Australian uh, super franchises. You, you Reds, Tars, and Brumbies, mm-hmm. and Force and Rebels probably got a bit to work on, but that seems to be part of the course. Um, then the Lions tour, the end result was bad, but in terms of how it invigorated our game, how they played some, you know, it was a good old-fashioned tour. They played the Waratahs, they played the, they played all the Super teams, and they played, you know, a, a country team. And you know, the I don't know about you guys, but the atmosphere when I went to see the Waratahs versus the Lions was fantastic. Best I've ever seen in that stadium. Mm. So that was certainly a positive, even if the end result was bad for the Wallabies. Then, yep, look, the, the Tri-Nations of the Rugby Championship was probably a big disappointment. In the end, we've just got to start delivering in that tournament, and that's probably where we lost those 28 marks out of 100. And then we... Uh, restored some much-needed pride on the end-of-year tour. And, uh, had, and the thing about the end-of-year tour was... Is, the tries we scored and the, the way we scored them and the people we beat got the 
to be main, main sort of the sporting mainstream of, of uh, Australian sport again for the first time in quite a while. Mm. Um, we, you know, for the right reasons actually, and, and yeah, they were talking about it on some of the Fox Sports you know, all sports shows and showing some of the tries. And I think the man in the streets coming around to the fact that this Wallaby team is actually uh, in a really good spot at the moment. So that's okay. a good way to end the year. Okay, so it was at seventy-two. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, very similar sentiment. Uh, same, same all the way through. I think that uh, it's it's been pretty captured, captured pretty well there by Hugh. Uh, you know, the, the 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 Reds game against the the Lions was the only game I managed to get to. Uh, I tried really, really hard to get to the third test, and yes, fate fate, fate may have it, I didn't make it there. But uh, mm. you know, the the they started to feel good about the game again, and. You know, enjoy settling down to watch it and getting up late at night. So, I uh, I, I was going to go for a sixty-eight. Right. Okay, sixty-eight. It's a bit a bit more than two thirds, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not well, going to go overboard. I'm optimistic about the future, but I can only mark on what's been. Well, it, well, I am too. I, that's a good way to put it, Timsy. I am very optimistic about the future, but I just had too many kicks in the nuts this year to get anywhere near the the score that you guys got to. Um, oh, yeah. he's going to Quaid, isn't he? He's two. Yeah. You're, you're, you're giving it a two out of ten. Yeah, here we go. Good old yeah. Sledgehammer roll is that? Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid, yeah. Look, you know. Quite I, the hard marker. <laughs> I don't care how many Queenslanders I have go ballistic on me uh, for, for, for what I'm about to say. No, look. Uh, yeah, there, there were some. There were some a bit of. I agree with you, Hugh, on the uh, positive signs and super. That was good. I also agree with, uh, like you were saying there, Timsey. You know, seeing some, you know, positive glimmers at the end. But the number of good old hard kick in the nuts in the meantime. Um, I mean, I guess maybe it was amplified for me because we, you know, I moved back to Australia this year. Got a young fella. He was looking forward to seeing staff, and um, and you know, it got to a point when we beat Italy. Um, I don't remember if I've said this on a podcast. When we beat Italy, he literally, when the game was over, and we were both like, "Whoa!" He actually t- he turned around to me. And his words were, "Dad, we actually beat someone," <laughs> um, and he was serious. So I mean, you know, out of the uh, from the, the mountains of babes, eh? exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how it felt, right? Um, you know, like you remember that we we went to that first Bledisloe test and we we're all pumped up, you know, because it was you know the link era and what were we going to see and da da da. And what we found out was we had another five games of Robbie Deans to get through. Um, in in the end, so uh, you know that it was it was those sorts of things, you know, to, that that really found it tough. So I don't know, guys. I, you know, th- there are some positives in there, but I can't give it over halfway. So I'm going to go with 48. Um, it's going to be mine. Yeah, I know I'm a hard master, but I can see. You know, you can see how. And the other bit is, I just it came very close to doing some big damage. I think to rugby long term actually um i think the whole i think you know the, the country did sit up and take notice with the lions and then to see us get you know spanked you know just clearly spanked in that final test that wasn't a good sign and then just to get spanked again and again and again in the tri-nations um you know that was that was that was tough and i think you know to kind of become a bit of a laughing stock for a while there just wasn't good for the profile of the game. Um, good to see it come back towards the end of the year. And like I say, we were a Clancy. You know, you say that. Just imagine. I don't know what mark I would have given it if we'd won the Grand Slam, which we were so close to doing. Yeah, be all very different, wouldn't it? Yeah, and and you know, just just imagine. So we talked today. We we should probably just talk about this for a little while. It does have made me feel a bit better. You know, today a day when we've just won the Ashes three nil. How good was oh. that? Oh. Lovely. 
Uh, hey? Oh, God. Um, you know, and it, it, can you imagine if we'd won, like, the unlikely... Who would have... Can you imagine what the odds would have been on winning a Grand Slam and the Ashes 3-zip? Um, that would have been a good bet to have, right? Oh, we, we need to stop talking 3-zip. We need to go 5 all on this. I'm going to get Glenn McGrath and say we can do this all 5-0. But yeah. changing well, the subject a bit. But, well, can, um, we have a, can we have a 30-second detour here on the Ashes? Um, I think it would be un-Australian not to. I, how, 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 what, boof. Saint Boof. Um, uh, anyway, you guys also, I'm seeing this parallel, you know, we get a straight-talking Australian coach back in, or am I just, you know, am I reading patterns that aren't there, do you think? Yeah, yeah he oh, came no, in it's... and he, he, had some, he had some tough times and, it, you know, it wasn't always rosy, it didn't instantly switch, but now he's, he's got them playing some good cricket and there, there's a lot of parallels there. Yeah. Plenty of parallels. I think it's the year of the uh, overweight Australian coach. Uh, if you think you've got Mackenzie, you've got... Uh, Lehman and now you've got Ange Postacoglu on the Socceroos as well. Um, the thing about the parallels between that Australian team, you know, cricket-wise and the Wallabies is I think what Link's done and what uh, Lehman's done is, is get the vibe in the dressing room seemingly a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, both are games where if you, if, you, if you divide it behind closed doors, then you're really going to struggle to put together on the field, as most sports are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cricketers, they seem to be so much happier. They seem to be having so much more fun uh, enjoying their game. And I think you could say the same for the Wallabies. And they start to score some tries. And they really look to be a bit more confident. And seemingly, you know, I, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say that the Wallabies are a big happy family. Um, I think there's still some issues there behind the scenes that uh, maybe aren't, don't exist with the cricketers. But I, I think it's one of the big parallels. Mm, no, definitely. I, you know, you wonder if it's about, you know, uh, we've but in, in all those situations, and, and I guess in all those three sports, you go, you know, someone's tried to pick what, who they thought was going to be a great, I don't know, technician maybe, yeah. um, and who, you know, and then you say, well, you know, it's not about, you know, your style or about your culture. It's just about, you know, how well you know the game and how well you can coach. Um, and to be fair, you know. You look at Jake White and what he did at the Brumbies. You know, he's not an Aussie coach, and he, he went in there and did a fantastic job. Um, so, you know, you can make arguments like that, but you can't help but feel... I remember I saw Phil War speak this year about it, and this was, um, I think it was around the Lions time, and, and he was saying, look, you know, one of the things that people just completely underestimate in professional teams is the culture um, of the team. It makes such a difference because it, you know, just like it does in any workplace... Um, you know, the culture in any organization makes a massive difference. Um, and people really mistake that. And his point was, it's, 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 it's more difficult for somebody who's not an Australian, but it's maybe not just about being Australian. It might just be about the person and whether they, yeah. you know, whether they get, you know, just like there are plenty of Aussies who run companies terribly, right? So, you know, it's not necessarily about being Australian, but it is about getting how the culture needs to run. And I thought, I think that's just made a massive difference, obviously in both those teams, but, um, yeah, just to see those guys coming out there, and it's amazing, you know, when you, you're playing that well as well, how ordinary you can make the opposition look. Because that's a good English team, right? That there is, I, you know, I think actually we were probably closer in that last Ashes series back in England than a lot of people thought. Um, yeah. Oh, exactly. And I mean, I don't think you'd exactly like England to the All Blacks, England cricket to the All Blacks, but mm. uh, it certainly shows that when you've got the right attitude and you just you can just get stuck in and a bit of confidence. And uh, you can make remarkable things happen. And it's certainly, while we were closer than you, the scoreline gave us credit for in the UK, it's still been one of the most incredible turnarounds I've ever seen in sport. 
Yeah, no, definitely. It's been it's been quite amazing, and it's just quite, it's just so clearly based around confidence. And it's one of those things we said about the Wallabies. I don't know how many times we said it on the podcast during the year. You know, it's a mental thing. You know, it's quite obviously a mental thing, and uh, it's 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 fascinating though as well as uh, the other bit. The other observation I'll make, just going back to the Wallabies now, is. You know, when we're on this tour, uh, you know, we, we were missing some big name players, right? So, you know, uh, four, you know, well, two of the three amigos were out. So no Kirtley Beal, you know, and no, um, you know, O'Connor, two world-class players, no David Pocock, no Wycliffe Pailu. Um, uh, the hooker, Tatafi Polodinow, was barely back and playing. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of five solid kind of, Wallabies, at least three of them world-class players who are out. Um, and, and just while we're on that, actually, it just reminded me, and you said earlier about Kirtley Beale, it's, it's a little story that I've been meaning to tell. Two weekends ago, I was down at um, Balmoral Beach uh, with the family, uh, just, you know, lying on the beach. And uh, my nine-year-old son and his mate uh, had gone to play down the other end. And um, I noticed this family in front of us, um, like looked like a Polynesian family, uh, kicking a ball around, throwing it around. And one of the guys with them, and I thought, yeah, he doesn't look like he's in the family, but they're mucking around together. And uh, I thought, I'm looking at the guy, and he's wearing a cap and sunglasses. And I'm like, geez, that looks like Kirtley Bill. Um, and then he took his cap off. And I'm like, geez, that, that is Kirtley Bill. And at about that time, my son came back. And I said, look, you know, you should go say day to Kirtley. Anyway, my son went and said hello to him. They ended up playing an hour of three-on-three touch. Um, my son playing on the same side as Kirtley Beal. Um, and you know they broke up at one stage, and, and then and this is like of all ages. So there was probably two nine-year-olds, a six-year-old, another adult, and a guy who was I don't know in his mid-teens. And um, they just had a f- most fantastic time. And uh, the thing that was really obvious about Kirtley, who was looking fairly fit, um, was he just loved having the ball in his hand, even when he was playing with a nine-year-old and a six-year-old on his side. He just loved it. He just absolutely loved it. Just the pure joy of the game. And he was an absolute gent. And my son was, you know, well, he, can you, if, I, Smith. I couldn't imagine it. Either of you guys played an hour of rugby with a wallaby great when you were nine? <laughs> um, no, never happened. No. Um, that's, fantastic, that's a fantastic story. And that's off the curtly. I think he's, I, I think we should probably put that out there, Matt. I think you should put that up on the site because hmm. the, Curly's one of these players that I think suffers from, yeah, the public of obviously, a lot of the Australian rugby public have, have cast him aside and, and uh, sort of uh, written, written him off, so to speak. And, hmm. and look, maybe maybe that's justified, but... Yeah. Um, you know, I think at the heart of heart of it all, all of these guys, all of the Wallabies, even say what you want about guys like James O'Connor, I think most of them deep that you know are pretty decent blokes, and mm. to do that, you know, on the beach with some strangers for an hour is, is uh, that's just stellar. Yeah, no, that was amazing. I probably should have said that was probably my probably my rugby highlight of the year. But um, it's not like they were strangers, though. I mean, it's it's Riley. Well, indeed. Well, you know, but he didn't. You know, I don't think he introduced. He didn't himself. see you. He didn't introduce. Well, my my son didn't introduce himself as uh, son of Matt from Green and Gold Rugby. So uh, right. you know, I'm pretty sure the fame. It, you, you probably you saw him and thought, mate, that, that is curly. Maybe he was looking across the beach, going, maybe that, that, that is Matt. Well, as well, like I've heard from another source that in the car on the way back home, Matt, you gave your son's performance in that game two out of ten, <laughs> which I thought was a bit harsh, you know, <laughs> considering how things are. But that's, you know, that's how you are. Well, he, he was in tears, but you know, there you go. You got to, you got to be okay. <laughs> can't sugarcoat these things. You can't exactly. Uh, and I think I might have used the word disgusting uh, <laughs> a few times and, and weak. 
But um, you know, look, he's nine. He's you got to learn. Anyway, uh, so well, mate, guys, I think we're about there. I mean, you know, that's the year. Ashes in the bag. Um, uh, you know, a, a Clancy Grand Slam. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a deducking away from finishing the year off. Yeah, indeed. And uh, so anyway, and, I think... and you, it's worth mentioning a new third tier competition as well to be. Oh to be yeah, geez. so that's that's another big positive. Yeah, the yeah the Sydney Ciders. Yeah, um... actually, I actually meant to ask Fadi about that in that interview we're about to have. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, uh, he he played in the ARC, so yeah, I see how that was going to compare, but I forgot. Well, that is. Gonna I be... will forget. That is going to be awesome, though, because next <laughs> yes. year, when we're in that gap, when there's nothing yeah. going on, we'll actually have some rugby. It's going to be brilliant. When there's nothing going on, there'll be something going on. Indeed. Um, what, what we have to do is we have to set a challenge now hmm. that no matter what, you people listening and us, we've got to get to the games. We've got to go. We've got to pay. We've got to yeah. buy tickets. We've got to buy merch. We've got to make this thing a big freaking deal because yep. it ain't going to stick around if we don't. Yep. No, I think Grin and God Rugby is going to have to pull out the big guns on this one, I think. I think, uh, yeah, we're going to have to get a bit of a three-line whip, get a bit of stuff going and, uh, you know, get it's, a bit of reporting. You know, everyone's been asking for it. It's here. Let's yeah. get out there and make it happen. Fuck, fuck what, what format you wanted. Yeah. This is the format we got. Let's get out and do it. Yeah, we're going to do our best Gonzo reportage on it. Um, but anyway, look, that's enough uh, from us for a minute. Let's see what uh, Green and Gold Rugby Player of the Year nominee Scott Fardy. Uh, I reckon he's a chance. He's got to be a chance. He's a chance, but you know he's just a. And he's my favourite beard on in World Rugby. Well, let's let's talk about that and let's see what he's got to say about right. the beard now. I might ask him. Right. Yeah, right there, right there. So joining me now, I've got Green and Gold Rugby's favourite son, Scott Fardy. Mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh been a long year but it's good to have a little break and uh, really enjoying it no i bet you are mate jeez it's yeah it has been a long one um but mate a few just a few questions to to go over i mean are you pinching yourself after this sort of a year i mean when when we had that chat with you on the podcast a while ago i know you were happy to get back into the brumbies and that sort of a thing um you know just to get, have a crack at super super rugby but mate you're established in the test team uh, do you wake up in the morning and and pinch yourself sometimes yeah, it's um, it's obviously a dream come true. You know, I never thought that if I came when I came back from Japan, this would happen. You know, I'd get the opportunity that I have in the last in the last year or so, and it's probably it'll probably sink in when I'm sitting there around the Christmas table with all my all my relays and they're they're very um they're very pumped on it. So um, yeah, I, I guess it still hasn't sunk in yet. I just really been concentrating week to week on each game, and then you you forget about the bigger picture and, and what you've achieved over the over the last 12 months, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a massive surprise still for me to, to consider that I'm even a Wallaby, let alone play 10 tests. So, yeah. yeah, it's been a um, huge year. No, it's, it's, it's been awesome, mate. And, I mean, I guess most people ask this sort of question, but did you notice the difference? I mean, I think your first ga- game was against the All Blacks. I mean, was it a was it a di- is it a different level? Do, do you notice it? Yeah, I guess you know, it's Super Rugby's. Can be uh, can be lightning quick and and obviously versus the All Blacks it's a similar thing. I, I notice it's it's probably when you play in the, against the other nations you you stay as much New Zealand plays such an expansive game that you know you it's just pretty similar to Super Rugby. It's probably a, a, you know a turbo version say of Super Rugby. With the other teams you said set piece becomes a, a major focus and 
you probably don't make as many tackles, but the tackles you do are, are probably more physical. And, and same with the carries you make, they're probably into more traffic than you would say at super level. But you know, it's, it is a, is a slight step up all around. But uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it and thought. And um, I'm actually looking forward to playing a bit of super rugby and, and kind of comparing it because I kind of forget what it's like playing super rugby again. Oh man, yeah, just when you're an established international, right? You just you forget how <laughs> you forget how everything else is. And do, do you feel it after? Yeah. The, do you feel it in your bones after the game, or or what? Yeah, I guess you know. Well, it's it's obviously different with the way you know, the rugby championship you play those two games in a row and you get that that break. And but when we, I guess we didn't notice until those last. To that to the games, you know, I played the last three games in a row, and I played pretty much 80 minutes in all of them. And I was feeling it by the end of the Wales game, I could hardly move. So <laughs> it does get very physical, and it's um, no, it's a lot, a lot tougher physically because obviously everyone's everyone seems to be uh, double the size when you're playing test rugby. Yeah, mate, I, I personally think that uh, you know the way you play the game, the yeah, the you hit a lot harder and stuff than a lot of people. I, I guess my question is, how much of that comes down to the beard? Because uh, I mean, I'm pretty impressed by it. Uh, yeah, I guess it's a bit, bit of peacocking, really. You just notice it because I've got a beard. Everyone's just looking at it. So um, <laughs> I, I don't get any harder than anyone else, I feel. <laughs> yeah, people just notice beards. Um, no, just, yeah, there's nothing down to the beard. Hopefully, uh, when I come back... When I come back, I might not have a beard, so... Oh, no. You can't <laughs> yeah, do that. Do that. No, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to go down in the history books as the guy had 10 tests, shaved his beard, you know, never... Yeah. I mean, you know... Yeah, look at George Smith. I mean, it took him years to get back in the test team after he shaved his dreadlocks off, so... You exactly. Know, we just can't have that happening. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted to say... He had to go to Japan and come back. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know, you've inspired me to try and grow one. Have you got any tips? Because I'm a bit slower growing than I think you might be, so... I spent a year shaving probably twice a week, and that probably helped me. So when I was in Japan, I was probably shaving twice a week. And then I got, after that happened, then it grows a lot quicker once you grow it in a lot of evens, a lot more evens after nice. you uh, do a, a fair bit of shaving. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe I need to shave. Yeah. That's counterintuitive, but it might work. I've got a, I've got a tournament yeah. coming up in May, so I'm hoping to have something resembling yours by then. Yeah, get it roughed up, mate. Um, yeah. So, mate, just, just back to the, the less serious stuff for a sec. Um, so, uh, you know, thinking back over those 10 tests so far, and, and you've played a few different teams there um, in different hemispheres, who stood out to you as, you know, people you kind of lined up against? You know, who, who kind of, when you're on the field, you go, geez, yeah, he's, uh, he's in a different class or has a certain skill set or something? Um, I guess uh, probably, you know, the All Blacks and... The All Blacks were, as a 15, are just so good across the board that, you know, you it's all in black, they're all the same, you don't know who they are, so you can't really pick it out too much. <laughs> I thought that the work, the work the two locks do for the for the All Blacks is, being, you know, um, with Retallick and stuff like that, you know, yeah. the, those guys in the middle do so much work and it probably goes unnoticed yeah. for the All Blacks. And, the, and I was really impressed probably playing them with the amount of work, the amount of times they hit you at rucks. Yeah. Um, compared to probably a lot of players, you know, but you know they they get through a lot of work that frees up blokes like Reed and um, and Lewatour and Messon to play a bit of a wider game, and they probably don't get the credit they do. It makes probably the All Blacks as good as they are. Oh, okay. Um, apart from that, I think you know probably that that South African 
probably the Moulin, such a he's such a big unit and he's very aggressive. He's in your face all the time, so uh, he's a, he's a fairly tough opponent to come up against. Okay. So you, you play a bit of six and uh, you know in the second row yourself. Do, do you prefer getting out, out of the tight stuff and being able to range a bit, or is do you like the grunt work of the second row? Um, I guess like I, I guess I play better when I when I chase the ball. So I found sometimes if I if I try to hold too too wide and play like that kind of player, it doesn't work for me. Like I, I get frustrated. So mm-hmm. um, lock locks. I enjoy playing lock sometimes because it's it's probably not as um, strenuous on the mind. You got to think a bit more when you play six. <laughs> as a lock, you can just kind of get in there and get to and um, and get to work. And I, I enjoy that part of it, but I also enjoy the, the strategic part of playing six and and do linking up the half a bit more and doing those things. But um, I, I do enjoy them both pretty much equally to be equally to be honest. Yeah. So when you're just ta- you're talking about the you know having to use the grey matter there at six. In particular, what sort of things are you, you're talking about? Are you kind of like talking about how you have to like the read the play a bit more and scan the defensive line, or, or what is it? Yeah, I guess it's you know you, you've got to look after those. I feel like if you're playing six, you've got to probably look after the tight lock forwards a bit. You know, like direct them around the park a bit better and, and help out the defensive line. But when you're in lock, you're probably just another cogger. So um, I feel probably defensively, it's it's bigger challenge because you know you're the, there's three back rows in the field and you've really got to make sure you're looking after your tight five you know just coming out especially in those normal atmosphere games they're coming out of monster scrums and you've got to look after you are got to do the kick chase and, and try to cover that area so um, attacking wise it's, attacking wise it's probably not that different as a six not like an eight I guess but uh, you know you, you probably got to get more carries than you do when you are a lock yeah and, and and mate, uh, and you also, if I remember rightly, did you say you spent when we last interviewed you? You talked about some time you spent in the back line when you're a, uh, a teenager, mate. We we saw a few of those skills yeah. come out there. Like there's, if I am I imagining it that you did like a a kick to touch, um, and you know we saw you we saw you pop out there on the wide. You know, was it nice to dust off a few of those skills? Yeah, I just um, if it comes off, it's good, isn't it? But uh, if it doesn't come off, you're in a lot of stripes. So, um, lucky, lucky for me, uh, I think it's um, Laurie Fisher said to me before. You know, as long as it works, it's all good if you pull it off. But as soon as it doesn't work, um, you kind of face the wrath in that way. Okay, uh, mate, you make your own luck. So good on you for having a crack. Yeah. <laughs> and, and mate, what what did you see? Uh, I mean, you know, geez, talk about a turnaround. And can you? I, I don't know if you guys have thought about this, but. You know, you guys were just like a George Clancy away from making it a, a fairy tale uh, ending for Australian sport this year, um, because it would have been the Grand Slam, and then the, the Ashes as well. I mean, how good would that have been? Um, but I mean, sorry, but my my positive out of that is, you know, it was it was a great tour for Australian rugby compared to kind of how it started out in the Tri Nations and every in the four nations and everyone was kind of on a bit of a downer. Did, what, what changes did you notice in the squad from, you know, from the beginning of that kind of four nations and to where you guys ended up? Oh, I guess, that, you know, at the beginning we just, you know, we hardly, we hardly knew each other in terms of the new guys like myself and a few other blokes that just coming in. You know, we weren't, we weren't, we don't just come from super rugby and, you know, that Lions, there's a pretty different team and different game plan to what we had versus Lions that obviously wasn't part of that. I don't know what was really really happening there, but 
you know, when we get to the, but we just gradually improved, I think, throughout the, um, throughout the rugby championship. And then when we got to the, we, we got to the, um, end of season two, we just started, the, the attacking play really started to click. Yeah. And I felt that the boys, um, obviously just the, the way our base game just, and when you need to give the ball to Izzy, <laughs> he does pretty well with it. Yeah. But, um, no, we, we, I think we just got more comfortable with each other in terms of, you know, we knew where we had to be and we just refined things in the game as we went and things got better and better for us. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of those, some of the scrumming, um, scrummaging efforts as well um, really took off. I mean, there was a, a few scrums there when you guys were even down to seven men um, in a couple of matches, uh, which were which were quite outstanding. What were the, what were the changes? What were you guys kind of working on? Um, yeah, I guess in that England game, we got a, a bit done on what the perception. I think guess what, what the referee sees and who's who's the dominant team, and we we're definitely concentrating on trying to change the perception of you know where our scrum was at. Mm. Obviously, I'm I'm not right in the middle of that. The boys are the front row in control of that, and then. Obviously, the second round as well, but it's a definitely a perception thing there. I think the first time we didn't actually scrum too badly. We had a few bad scrums that we caught a couple of good dominant scrums that we didn't get paid for. Yeah. Um, and then you know we just had to improve and work together. And the boys, I think the, the Blazy in the front row did a great job there. And and obviously it's, once again that's time together that, that they had and um, they did really well with it. Okay. Uh, and mate. Um just looking back on it, I, I know you were saying, look, it's probably when you sit down at the Christmas table, you know, the, the, the memories will come back. But is there any particular memory that kind of sticks out to you at the moment when you kind of look back over, the, um, you know, your first year in, in, in Test Rugby, you know, whether it be in a match or outside of it, that you kind of, you know, that just sticks in your mind as kind of, I don't know, either something that, you know, just sticks out or that kind of sums up the year for you? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I guess my test debut, you know, you don't, at, the, at that stage I was just, couldn't believe it. I was playing one test and yeah. I was just, my, all my family were there, I was in Sydney, so yeah, that's that's the dream, isn't it? And I think we talked about it, what do you want to do, you know, you, you sing the anthem and getting to sing the anthem, that's the first time I ever wore a gold jersey, I never played any underage kind of stuff, so, yeah. you know, just putting that gold jersey on was um, a pretty special moment in, in my life and something I'll never forget. Awesome, and and mate, look, we, we we get a hard time for um, um from some of the listeners and some of the readers um, for not putting the hard questions. So, um, yeah, Dublin, what can you remember of it? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, there was, mate, I was I was obviously in you know, mine was I was slightly over slightly late there. I wasn't really um. Like I can't really comment too much on it, obviously, but yeah. um, <laughs> I was on the on the minor level of the issue. So, I saw one tweet there where I was currently covered in blood and waving a gun or something like that. I saw someone wrote. That wasn't the case. So, uh, okay. you know. Well, no, we just we yeah we'd, we'd heard a rumour that actually you just went so hard at it that um, no one dared charge you. Um, sort of, sort of thing. <laughs> you, you just push through to the other end, um, but uh, obviously yeah. that's, that's not the case. No, actually, as, as I understand it, you, you're up the uh, minor indiscretions end of things, weren't you, mate? Yeah, I was at the, uh, the minor level of it, but um, yeah. I can imagine. Uh, I was say, yeah, if, if, 
if covered in blood and carrying a gun is the minor side, you guys were fucking off the hook. One of your um, Bangkok 10s trips, Tim's. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got some stories. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll catch up offline, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, mate, so, so far as look, I'll let, I'll let you off the hook there. Um, now, so what, what do you got planned? I mean, you've got Chrissy off. You, you're hanging out with family and stuff like that, are you? You got much? Is it just chilling? Yeah, I'll just be probably not done enough travelling for the year, to, to be honest. So I'll probably just uh, hang around, do some surfing, maybe just uh, laze around, do nothing for a while, and I'll probably do a little bit of training, but not too much. Okay. And uh, be back on back in the Brumbies uh, early next year. Okay. Is it January? You have to be back. Yeah, I think middle of January. Something the boys were due back, so um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, fast approaching. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I'm great. actually I'm actually quite looking forward to it. And so, as uh, Lord Laurie hasn't been like texting you any kind of clean-out drills, he wants you kind of practicing on the beach or anything like that. Um, no, he's probably giving me a, a mental rest at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, when I get back, I won't be getting much of a physical rest. So yeah. uh, I'll, uh, I'll just take it. I'll just take the rest when I can get it. Uh, well, knowing Lord Laurie, he'd probably send you a case of Guinness or something. Um, uh, in, 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 your, in, yeah. your, in your off time but anyway look mate enjoy your off time you bloody well deserve it um, f- you know fantastic year for you it was great I think we really enjoyed having a chat with you early on and then see, you know seeing what happened and, and then catching up with you now so uh, yeah congrats- could happen to a nicer bloke yeah congratulations on the year <laughs> thanks very much guys um, thanks for having me on here tonight oh, no, this evening no, no worries alright mate have a good happy Christmas and uh, we'll maybe catch you next year yeah, thanks, guys. Have a, have a good Christmas and happy New Year's to you guys, too. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thanks, Scott. See you, mate. Yeah. Yeah, right there, right there. So, great man. He's such a good guy. Hugh, I know you just, you're a bit quiet there. Just in awe, I guess, were you? Yeah, a bit starstruck, actually, after the season he's had this year. Uh, yeah, what, what, a, what a good bloke, though. Yeah, well, if it's not the beard, it is the performance he's put in that's pretty awe-inspiring. Um, Tim's it's, yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm really torn. I, I don't think I can go back to shaving twice a week. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I, I do I don't want some fullness to my beard, so we'll uh, have to see how we go. Okay. Anyway, look, it just reminds for me to say, look, I want to say, first of all, thankfully, t- thanks to you two guys uh, showing up week in, week out. Uh, it's probably best not to count how many podcasts you did. <laughs> um, and how many hours of, of your lives you've, you've dedicated to this but all I can say is rugby says thank you to you guys oh, and to you there you go a rare positive review from Rolly yes. yeah. <laughs> he didn't say we did a good job just that we showed up <laughs> yeah. average performance five ho ho Five. Oh, um, oh, um, yeah. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. From you, that's two and a half, amazing. Two and a half quotes. You did your job. You didn't stuff up. There you go. Five. Um, but anyway, thanks, guys. That's been it's been great to do that. Um, have you guys as uh, well trusty partners in crime throughout the year? Thanks to all the guests uh, who no doubt are listening. Uh, but most importantly, thanks to you guys who have downloaded or are streaming or legally bootlegged or whatever you've done um, to listen to this uh, podcast. Thanks, for guys, for for being involved and for those guys who've thrown in questions and done whatever else. We've always tried to incorporate we, 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 stuff. We, we've had our first call-ins this year that break yeah. around all over the place, you know. So there's just a few, few people that uh, 
you know, yeah, well done on breaking the ground there. Well, I tell you, and actually I got a message from Spike Hazard in the forum saying he was willing to come on this one. Sorry, mate, it just didn't work out. Timing was tight um, and everything else. Yeah, I, it was I, I, made, I made a big talk about how we prepare well for these sorts of shows, but <laughs> quite frankly, they're very much skin of our teeth. Yeah, well, you, got, you got a lot of notice tonight, Hugh, didn't you? Oh, yeah. it's funny. funny. I've been studying for, for minutes. <laughs> a text at 6.30 saying, could you make seven? And then, and then I think it was a text at what seven thirty saying, "All right, let's do eight. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, so yes, Spike, we'll have you on next year, mate. No worries. We want to get that uh, phone in going. I thought that was good fun. So anyway, thanks to everybody. Thanks for again to our, our sponsors, Strike.com.au. Anyone listening, if you've got a business, you want to get to rugby people, you know where to come. Get, drop me an email. I'll, I'll do your mates' rates. Um, and uh, beauty, have a good Christmas. Have a good Christmas, you guys. Merry, yeah. Merry Christmas to you guys too. Yeah, and see, uh, everybody. see you in the new year. Back on deck in the new year. Yeah, we'll be back when uh, Super Rugby is is just about to kick off. I think that's when we'll kick back in. Um, otherwise, uh, enjoy enjoy the five nil whitewash of the Poms. No doubt it's on its way. And yes. um, happy New Year. Lovely. See you. Bye. Peace.